Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. Universal has taken a step to showcase its upcoming new park, Epic Universe. While many have known much about what was going into the parks, official status was given to the different lands and key attractions. In particular, details were given around the centerpiece land, Celestial Park, which serves as an entrance and hub to the four other lands, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Ministry of Magic, Dark Universe, How to Train Your Dragon, Isle of Burke, and Super Nintendo World. All this plus hotels and more. Will this park increase profitability for Universal or rob attendance from its other two parks? Universal's marketing statement is, this changes everything. So let's talk. Epic Universe offers some thoughtful analysis and see if it really does. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. And if you get a chance to go either to iTunes or your podcast um, supplier, please uh, offer a positive rating, review, or referral to the littlest podcast that could. Also, make sure you check out DisneyInsights.com. We have a lot of visuals that were released today, as well as key points, photos, videos, links, and more. While there, make sure you subscribe to Disney Insights so you can be notified of upcoming podcasts as they occur. Also, check out our Facebook page, Disney Insights, and our YouTube page of the same name. Lots to come in all of that. Well, I'm going to um, talk about this epic universe first, just by describing what it is that was uh, released and discussed today. And then I wanted to talk about um, the impact on Universal Florida as a whole. And then third, I wanted to talk a little bit about Disney's response or lack thereof maybe to what is going on here. So we have a lot of talk, a uh, lot of things to talk about. So let's get going. Um, I'm going to review a sort of release that Universal gave, and I think uh, I think uh, it kind of uh, will help us to go through all of this. In 2025, Universal Orlando Resort will unveil its next game changer for theme park entertainment with the debut of its most ambitious theme park yet, Universal Epic Universe. Epic Universe will present a level of theme park immersion and innovation that is unmatched, transporting guests to expansive worlds, featuring more than 50 awe-inspiring attraction, entertainment, dining, and shopping experiences that will come together to create an unforgettable adventure that is nothing short of epic. The addition of Universal Orlando's fourth theme park will also transform the award-winning resort into a week-long vacation destination filled with the most compelling experiences imaginable. Now, some of this we're going to have to come back to, like week-long vacation destination, and also um, the idea that, um, well, first off, 50 awe-inspiring attraction, entertainment, dining, and shopping experiences. So, uh, they haven't listed all of that. Um, so there's there's a little bit more to come on this. Is this is this the uh, most ambitious theme park yet? 
maybe there's some really good pieces to this. I'm not putting this down. There's some really good pieces, but there was really good pieces in uh, both Islands of Adventure and the even the original Universal Park, which unfortunately a lot of those attractions have gone away. But King Kong and Jaws and uh, Ghostbuster, uh, E.T. There were a lot of really great attractions on opening day there too. So. We'll see how this kind of plays out. Let's talk first about Celestial Park. With acres of rolling gardens, chasing waterways, and strolling pathways, Celestial Park puts that park back in theme park. As soon as guests enter the imaginative world, they embark on a journey of discovery, thrills, and excitement as they wander through lush living gardens nestled along shimmering waters surrounded by stunning architecture um, inspired by astronomical and mythological elements. Here guests can relax while taking in the sights and sounds around them, board a shooting comet for an exhilarating roller coaster adventure, dine on delectable cuisine, shop exclusive merchandise to commemorate their visit and more. This is the thing that they really spent the most time talking about. So we're going to go into this in even greater detail. Um, but um, so in doing so, let's talk about some of these, uh, attractions and experiences that Celestial Park is going to have. Uh, first is what they just mentioned, Starfall Racers, a dual launch racing coaster that sends guests rocketing through the skies aboard comets in a race to see who's the fastest of them all. Reaching speeds up to 60 miles per hour, 62 miles per hour, and heights up to 133 feet along 5,000 feet of track. Starfall Racers will be Epic Universe's most thrilling coaster experience with unique maneuvers such as the Celestial Spin in which the two coaster vehicles perform an inverted crisscross while speeding through the air, creating an out-of-this-world adrenaline rush. Now, um, Starfall Racers really occupies a lot of space. Let me talk about Celestial Park. Celestial Park is sort of the... Uh, for lack of a better term, it is the entrance to the park, it is the spine of the park, and it runs all the way to the main hotel of the park that we'll talk about in a few minutes. So this is a pretty, pretty long space, but rather than being a main street, it is primarily a park-like piece. From this, there is a, a, a station by which you board this coaster. And it goes way out and takes up a considerable amount of space. The, the, the coaster itself is very reminiscent of Dueling Dragons, which uh, premiered at um, Islands of Adventure. And uh, that coaster kind of came to, well, an end for lack of a better term, because somehow people were throwing items out and hitting the uh, other hitting folks on the other track as they were crisscross. So when they talk about an inverted crisscross and so forth while speeding through the air, I'm just like wondering, okay, do you remember you had a problem with this before? But um, it does appear, there are about three coasters that seem to be happening in the park. One has to do with um, the uh, How to Drain Your Dragon and another is associated with Super Nintendo World, this is by far the biggest of them all. And even when you look at the at the park map, you can't help but see how this thing just 
um, drags out. In fact, on the park map, it says dragon, uh, or how to um, how to tame your dragon, Isle of Burke. The the text for that actually overrides the roller coaster, making you think it's part of that. But actually, that roller coaster is in another location. This is just coming right out of this area of Celestial Park. That um, and it is it is a a major um, it is the big coaster for this park. Constellation Carousel is the grand centerpiece of Celestial Park. And it is toward the center of it. Here, explorers of all ages will take a fantastical whirl aboard constellations that glide forward, backward, and even make 360-degree rotations through the Milky Way in a choreographed dance of music and starlight. So it's going to be kind of a unique carousel. It looks like the carousel animals uh, kind of do move in a 360. And so when you look at images of the carousel, it looks like the the horses or the animals are kind of spread out and not really um close to each other this um when they talk about putting the park back in theme park this is very reminiscent of shanghai disney's uh, fantasy garden section of their park which lies in front of the castle only here where the whole thing is going to kind of set up in front of the hotel and um and so it kind of reminds me of this, but it, they're putting a lot of emphasis in this main area, and I'm going to come back to why they're doing that. In fact, it's playing out in a couple of different places here. Um, the next thing they talk about is Astronomica, a interactive wet play area that doubles as a giant compass rose to the many wonders of Epic Universe, featuring crystal blue fountains that spring to life and dance around guests. Now, when you read that, just know that this little wet play area, maybe it's a little more than a little, but this wet play area is one of the 50 awe-inspiring attraction, entertainment, dining, and shopping experiences. So so what constitutes the 50, you kind of get a sense by their press release here. It goes on to say an array of unique dining experiences ranging from full-service restaurants to quick-service locations that offer something for every palate, including Atlantic, a full-service surf and turf restaurant set inside a Victorian aquarium, complete with captivating views of Celestial Park, and Blue Dragon Pan-Asian restaurant, where diners take a culinary journey across Asia as they enjoy authentic Chinese, Japanese, and Thai fare in this full-service restaurant accented with neon dragons and ethereal lanterns. Additional must-eat locations within Celestial Park include the Oak and Star Tavern, where guests can enjoy savory barbecue, Pizza Moon, which will serve up a tasty menu of a variety of pizzas, and more. Uh, I don't believe that. that Universal never does a lot of full-service dining experiences, and in this instance, I think they're right in the center of the park, and they're in the center of the park for a reason. I don't think they've... I think there'll be restaurants and counter service type places elsewhere, but I don't think there'll be any other full service restaurants than these two. And they are purposely in the center. In fact, one of the interesting notions here is the Blue Dragon Pan-Asian restaurant is not even closely connected to how to tame your dragon, how to train your dragon. And, and that whole section of the park, which has a very, um, 
uh, Asian kind of feel to it. Um, but then we kind of get to understand why this is so uh, a little bit more in the next piece of the um, press release. Incredibly detailed retail, retail locations, including the Nintendo Superstar Store, where guests can shop an assortment of merchandise themed to Super Nintendo World, Moonship Chocolates and Celestial Sweets, where guests can satisfy their cravings with a unique selection of sweet treats and more. So there are going to be little shops like this chocolate shop, as there are going to be little counter service places, or counter service places like Oak and Star Tavern and Pizza Moon. But have you stopped to wonder why the big Nintendo Superstar store is not in Super Nintendo World, but is instead in Celestial Park? And in fact, when I look at the Harry Potter section, I can't help but think that their retail experience is going to also be pretty connected to this part of the park. Why is this so? Why are these things here in this location? And why is there so much space dedicated to this thing called Celestial Park? It finishes out by saying plenty of exciting entertainment, including various fountain shows throughout Celestial Park, seven acres of water where a multitude of fountains sway, dance, and even reach heights up to 135 feet in the air to music and interactive lighting from day to night. Now we know uh, Universal doesn't do night spectaculars like Disney does. And I don't think this is going to be any world of color by any stretch. But I think it's going to be very nice and lovely to see. And oh, by the way, it too is in Celestial Park. And located inside Epic Universe at the end of Celestial Park is Universal Helios Grand Hotel. So instead of a castle at the end, you have this grand hotel designed to transport guests to a world where the heavens and earth unite, complete with 500 rooms, one-of-a-kind views, and its own dedicated entrance into the theme park. Oh, that's going to be important. If you want to get into some of these attractions and rides, you just may want to be at this Grand Hotel Park because it may be the only way you get in um, early to this park. So we'll wait and see. There may be some of the others like the Hard Rock Hotel or some of the other hotels may have access to this, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is not the case. So, anyway, thinking about that. So, let me just talk a little bit more about this whole Celestial Park. Celestial Park is something akin to Victorian meets uh, steampunk. A lot of glass and ironwork and kind of that wrought look, uh, ironwork looking kind of thing. That is a stained glass. That seems to be at the heart of this. A lot of park, as we mentioned, um, dining, and some key retail places all fill in this area. So why is this? Why is this so? This again becomes now what is? Um, it also becomes the hub, as well as the main street and the entrance to the park. It also becomes the hub to what they refer to as four portals. And in fact, there is a very dedicated, just like you kind of cross the bridge to Frontierland or Adventureland or through the castle, there are four very dedicated spaces where you enter the four portals of, um, 
of the rest of the park. The four portals include the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the Ministry of Magic, where guests will discover a different era of the Wizarding World in an all-new land that blends 1920s Wizarding Paris from Warner Brothers Pictures' Fantastic Beasts films with the iconic British Ministry of Magic from the Harry Potter series. So it's almost like we've got two two worlds of Harry Potter coming together in this. It looks pretty involved. It looks much bigger than than the other um, uh, lands that you see of Harry Potter in the other two parks. And it is entered through one of the first portals. It's a portal with a, a big column and at the top you see a wizard holding a wand. And by the way, there are new um, a new version of the wands are coming out, allowing you to do new magic that you haven't done before. And I think that's all dedicated around this new park. The next is Super Nintendo World, where guests will enter the iconic green pipe and discover a new way to play as they step into the worlds of beloved characters like Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Donkey Kong. Now this is, um, this is very similar in part to the Super Nintendo world that's been um, put into Japan and recently in um, Universal Hollywood. In fact, my friend David um, uh, recently just went out last week to Universal Hollywood. We'll have to get him to, to do a podcast on that, but he actually experienced Nintendo world. It is a very tight space as a land because you're very immersed in a very cartoon looking kind of situation similar to kind of Toontown but even more um, immersive a lot of games and things you can play now what seems to be adding is a coaster based on Donkey Kong and that's going to make that land much larger but and I wouldn't be surprised if this is probably the one of the top reasons why people want to come to Epic Universe is to experience this this Super Nintendo world that um, that others have been visiting out in California. The third is how to train your dragon Isle of Burke, where guests can soar with dragons in a colorful world filled with Viking adventures based on the wildly popular How to Drain, Train Your Dragon film franchise. I have seen the first film and I think the second wasn't overwhelming, but I, from what images I've seen and what uh, drawings I've seen of the Isle of Burke, it looks really cool. The coaster uh, where you're soaring with dragons looks like a coaster, but um, but there may be other adventures as well. And it, it, it looks very promising, at least thematically. So that is the third portal of How to Train Your Dragon, Isle of Burke. The fourth is probably my most, the most intriguing to me and the one I'm looking forward to most. It is Dark Universe, where guests encounter everything from the exper experiments of Dr. Victoria Frankenstein to the shadowy landscape where monsters roam in a world of myth and mystery. Universal has a long heritage in Frankenstein and Dracula and the mummy and the um, uh, lots of different kinds of traditional characters. And in fact, one of the attractions makes me kind of think that they are doing their own version of the Haunted Mansion. 
and that it's going, but at, probably at a much more intense level than anything that's been done before. But I, I really look forward to this because this is very much traditional um, Universal. This is where Universal's heritage really comes to life, and it'll be interesting to see how that comes about. Now, there are also three new hotels. I mentioned the Universal Grand Helios um, Resort, but there's also a Universal Stella Nova and a Universal Terra Nova Resort. They're going to be across the street. They're not going to be connected to the park, but very adjacent to the park, not far. Um, and, and they're pretty sizable. In fact, they haven't, the Grand Helios Resort, it sounds like their opening date is going to be attached to the opening date of the park, which is 2025, but we don't know exactly what that day is. But they have said that the other two resorts, one is going to start at the beginning of 25 and one about six months later. So there seems to be a, um, this is part of the whole the whole thing that's that's occurring here. Now, let me back up to something we haven't talked about. First of all, you, you they're calling this their fourth park, and this is one of the things that just is makes me irate because Volcano Bay, while it is a really good water park on many levels. Um, it fails operationally, but from a layout, from well, not even a layout. Layout's kind of problematic too. But from a design aesthetic, it's a beautiful. The volcano alone is stunning, but it is three parks, not four parks. That also brings to the question: Is it five lands in Epic Universe or four lands? Because you really have four portals, and then you have Main Street. It's a little bit like: Do you call Main Street a land? Or do you only call Adventureland and Fantasyland, Tomorrowland, lands? So, but um, but the um, the big thing about this is, well, the portals are going to act a little bit as gates, and they're going to um, they're going to be vehicles by which you can control where guests are going. And that's really important because as I've put out the, on a map here, there's a map that I show of, of where all this is going. And at the far left are three circles showing Universal Studios Florida, Florida Island of Adventure, and then also Volcano Bay. One of the great things about Universal Orlando Resort is they, their design of putting in these parking structures, having to step through a city walk and then go to these two parks and being able to go back and forth, especially um, through the Harry Potter train. This is brilliant theme park design. It breaks apart when you have to go into the parking structure to board a bus to get to Volcano Bay. There's no other way really, unless you're staying at, a, at the hotel that's right proximate to it, there's no other way to get to Volcano Bay. And that's where things began to break apart. But it gets even more interesting as you realize where the new park is, where Epic Universe is. It is it is a world away for, it is an epic drive. Let me put it that way. But it's on Universal Drive, so it sounds pretty close because you're going down Universal Drive is what they've named the road. 
But the truth of the matter is, it's about the distance of Magic Kingdom to Disney's Hollywood Studios. If you kind of put it side by side, you would see something very comparable in terms of size and layout. Where it is proximate is the Orange County Convention Center, and that's really important. But I, I don't want to I don't want to overplay the distance because it sounds like when I say Magic Kingdom to studios, well, that doesn't seem the end of the world. You know, when you get on a bus at the Magic Kingdom, you go to the studios. It's not the end of the world. What what you what is different is the fact that Orlando is in the middle of it. I mean, there is International Drive. There is um, all these different. Um, uh, outlet buildings and uh, factories and it's there's a whole show between one end and the other end and that's what makes it quite um, quite different now to make it workable what they've done is they got the city of Orlando to buy in where it goes across Sand Lake Road and Sand Lake Road is is a pivotal road in Orlando and they've gotten, I think it's like 300 and something million dollars to do uh, something that will allow the buses to go more smoothly between one set and the other. But I don't think a lot of people realize that Epic Universe sits alone. It is so apart from that beautiful layout where everything is kind of surrounding, you know, the hotels are in that area and so forth. Now there'll be hotels surrounding Epic Universe. But imagine you're staying in one of those hotels and you want to go visit the other two Universal Studio Parks. Are you really going to want to stay in one of those hotels um, that the Terra Nova or the Stella Nova when you know you've got quite a distance to get up there? Not sure how that's going to play out. What does play out is that it is very very close to the Orange County Convention Center. And I say close to the Orange County Convention Center because in essence, you still have to go over major roads. You can't just like walk it unless they've got something going on in terms of some massive moving walkway I haven't heard of. But it it's about the distance. It, well, actually, maybe even a little bit more depending on which side of the convention center. But it's a little bit like going from the studios to Epcot and, but, and walking around... Um, Crescent Lake. It's a little bit like that. Um, I assume there are buses that will be running from the Orange County Convention Center over to Epic Universe. Uh, that's really important that they're adjacent to that. The reason they're adjacent to that, or why that's important to them, is because they see this as a great nighttime event vehicle. They can take Super Nintendo World or Harry Potter or um, any of these portals and they can fence it off and make it only available to a big crowd staying at the convention center. Bust them in and out and use them. And meanwhile, oh, but wait a minute, you're saying, wait, I, I, I want to get back into Nintendo where I still want to do my shopping. Well, no wonder that the shop exists in um, Celestial Park and not necessarily in Nintendo World. All of this is being done specifically so that they are able to partition out portions of that park to convention traffic. In many ways, it's brilliant and it will increase 
their ability to well it'll it'll look great on numbers now admittedly disney plays the same game disney brings in lots of convention groups at night coming in for illuminations that's why it's so or whatever the nighttime spectacular is at at epcot that's why you have world showplace a big purple tented facility man that's running big crowds and able to do a lot of food and beverage then parade them to a dessert party around the 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 world showcase lagoon and and you're going to call those two hours a click on the turnstiles and so it's going to look like your numbers are going to dramatically increase because you because you added three five thousand people every night to the park even though they stayed for only a couple of hours that's the idea meanwhile all the rest of you day guests are going to be paraded out into into this thing called celestial park and whatever other portals may still be available to you so you see how this is all working here it has its advantage being next to the convention center you still got to get that traffic in and out but it it does allow them to do a lot more nighttime business than then and why not have some fountains that go off and so forth so you see these things are all playing a part in um its design layout which is a smart design layout but for the tourists and for the person they're thinking oh we're going to get them to stay a week well that week means at some point you're going to be on this end of orlando and the other part of the week you're going to be on that end of orlando and it does feel very separated out as opposed to the distance between magic kingdom and the studios which still feels like you're part you're still in the disney world bubble you will be leaving the bubble to go over to um, Epic Universe from what has been everybody's paradigm of what Universal is. Now, another key aspect of this is that I know so many people who come to Universal, they're gonna spend two or three days, maybe even four, at Disney. And then they're gonna spend, quote, a day at Universal. Well, the first question I have is, what is it that you really wanna see at Universal? Almost all the time they say, well, we really want to check out Harry Potter. The, we then, I then ask, well, are you aware that Harry Potter is at both Universal um, Orlando, uh, Universal Studios Florida, and also Islands of Adventure? Uh, sometimes they know that, sometimes they don't. Either way, what they end up doing is buying a fairly expensive one-day park hopper style pass it's a cheaper than buying two days of tickets but um but they they only got one day to do universal and so they're going to do this well harry potter fans guess what you've got now a new place to visit at epic universe do you think they're going to have that two two day park hopper no will they have a three-day park hopper sure will it be more expensive sure will you get your value off of it well, I suppose off all you're trying to do is Harry Potter, you might. But the fact of the matter is, is you're going to be spending a lot more for that one day three park ticket. And you're going to, your time is going to be spent going back and forth between all these parks. Again, the distance between Epic Universe and the other two. It may be possible that people will start saying, well, maybe I'll take two days then at Universal Florida. Universal's hoping um, that that is the case. That would make them very happy um, uh, to have that happen. 
But again, they're talking about making it a week-long thing. I have a hard time thinking I'm going to leave Epic Universe and go over to Volcano Bay and go swimming. With all that that's involved, I, I just don't see people doing that. Now, Brits come for two weeks. Could they spend a week at Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney World, a week at Universal? Sure. And they might just buy that five-day ticket and go do all of that. And that's going to increase attendance. That is a possibility. But there's also another aspect of it, is that it may be that Epic Universe is going to be, well, um, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Because what could happen is, is they could end up having a far less traffic uh, foothold in those two parks with people coming. And there are portions of those parks that, frankly, are already in need of help. Some of that they're addressing, you know, they took down the Woody Wood Coaster uh, ride and the Curious George section and they're doing new things there. And But um, but there are other sections of these two current studios. They're going to have to keep building in those places to keep attracting people to wanting to come to those resorts as well. And not just simply, well, we're going to go to Universal, but we're really going to spend most of our time at the new resort which could be robbing them of attendance. It's one of the reasons why Disney's reluctant to do a fifth theme park, because they know that American audiences especially are spending less time doing their vacations. And as such, they're not likely to do five days. It's lucky, not lucky, but Disney does get a lot of people to do four days, but five days, not so often, unless again, they're Brazilians or or Europeans coming for a longer holiday stay. So anyway, um, they're focusing on making it a bigger one-week destination type of experience, but will it? I'm not so sure. Now, what about Disney's response? Well, huh, Disney. If I had one word for Disney's response, it would probably be subtle. Not a lot seems to be going on there. And whatever is going on, they're largely holding their cards close to their chest. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons for this. Would they like to be out the gate with some big name attractions, new attractions in some of their parks, particularly in Animal Kingdom or at the studios or at Epcot? Absolutely. But remember, they got to get past this Reedy Creek legal issue. And it's hard to get the new um, uh, association under DeSantis on board to what they want to do. So what they've done is really focus on improving what they have. No surprise that Tiana's Bayou Adventure is one of those things because it's easier to get approval to change out Splash Mountain than it is to create a whole new attraction, particularly if you're looking at that space between uh, behind Rivers of America that Josh DeMarle talks about, you're going to have to get the, the district on board to that kind of set of changes. And so those aren't going to be announced anytime soon until this problem with the district is resolved. Other things like the Country Bear Musical Jamboree being done. I was there on the last day of the Country Bear uh, Jamboree and uh, lots of people are interested in seeing that when it 
it's up and rolling. They've talked about Test Track having a new kind of look and feel to it. Um, and the Little Mermaid show coming back to the studios. These are minor things, but they're the little things that they can play. They're the cards they can play right now until they get approval to do bigger things. Also, curiously, there seems to be some permits being pulled on that Star Cruiser thing. So could there be changes there coming? Absolutely. Plus hotel and DVC additions that are coming at like the Polynesian or over at Fort Wilderness. All those things add to why you want to go to Disney. But none of those things make it a, oh my goodness, we have got to go there as opposed to a brand new Universal Park. So Disney's Disney's response is 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 really between a rock and a hard place. They want to get out big and compete against Epic Universe, but at the same time, they're having to address these district issues. Now, one of the things they can also do is offer last-minute entertainment options. And let me tell you, there isn't a better one you could do for Magic Kingdom than a nighttime parade. That would, a new nighttime parade, or even bring you back, or paint the night, bringing something like that to the parks uh, could do a lot of great things for creating um, interest in coming back. The last thing I would say about Disney's response is hold your breath and wait for August to come because August is when D23 occurs and I think they're going to show their cards a lot more. Hopefully by then a lot of legal, initial legal or some of the bigger legal issues have been addressed and they have more freedom to do what they want to. More to come, we'll have to see. In summary, does this change everything? Epic Universe, is it going to be, you know, as they as they put it in their announcement, this changes everything? Well, a rising tide lifts all boats. But which of those boats are you going to board? And which boats will stay afloat? We haven't even talked about other more minor attractions in the area. How are they going to be impacted by people deciding they want more time at Universal while still trying to hold on to their experience at Walt Disney World. More to come, more to see. In the meantime, if you're looking to visit in the Central Florida area, reach out to David and Leah Zanola of Zanola Travel. Uh, the links are there in the show notes as well as at DisneyInsights.com. You're gonna wanna check that out. You're also gonna wanna check out Century uh, Powerful Disney Insights, my new book for the 100th anniversary, definitely Take a look at that because we got some great stuff happening with Disney and um, we want to celebrate the 100 years, even if that 100th year's celebration was a little... At any rate, come take a look at this book. It is a, it is a primer to how, how Disney has evolved over the decades. And finally, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you being part of this podcast, for listening. Appreciate you um, taking a look at our Facebook page, our YouTube page, our DisneyInsights.com page. Check out Performance Journeys where I talk about programs and workshops and seminars to help people learn best practices from not just Disney but other world-class organizations. Check that out at PerformanceJourneys.com. And as always, remember to follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.